How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in to another episode of NAISB. My name is Reagan Harold. That man is Taylor Thomas. Mr. Thomas, we got a week ahead of us, my friend. Yeah, uh, this is one of the more loaded weeks that we're going to have this season. I mean, I, I thought we were saying that for the first and only time last week, but here we are. Here we are yet again with uh, another great slate of loaded matchups that we can't wait to get into. Yeah, and like we, like I said, hey, it's not weekend. It is week, as in today. We're recording to, uh, tonight, Monday night. Uh, by the time y'all are listening to this, it will be game day out on the West Coast. Huge games to get into. We're going to do a preview, and for the first time since the beginning of the year, Taylor Thomas, you want to tell the folks what we're going, going to do at the end of the episode? Yeah, so we've kind of had a meeting of the minds, and um, we're going to go ahead since we're about halfway through. We've got about a month left until uh, conference tournament starts. Uh, we're going to give you guys our 10 teams that we think are going to make the NAI World Series in Columbus, Georgia. Um, I know we don't agree on all of them, but once again, that's that's kind of why we have the open board here in another month left of the season. Yeah, there are, there are quite a few names that uh, we do share, but there are definitely uh, some that there's one there's one team that I put down that you also put down that I think we were both surprised the other, but y'all have to wait till the end of the episode or maybe just skip to the end to uh, listen to that. But I don't think y'all should because we got to talk about, once again, Taylor, incredible pitching performances all across the country once again. I mean, where do we even start? Um, honestly, we can go back to uh, the previous Tuesday and uh, with arguably the match of the year. Uh, that I got the privilege to see in person in um, USAO taking on Oklahoma City. Uh, we had, you know, the live updates throughout both games, as you guys saw on Twitter. Um, but the main thing I got from it is actually something we found out the day after. And that's, of course, um, our Lexi Duff. Um, we saw Lexi Duff, of course, um, go viral, if you will. Um, March 17th, she gets in a rollover accident, totals her truck. Uh, somehow is unharmed. If you saw the pictures of the car, you, it's kind of a miracle, honestly, that she was unharmed. And not only that, um, the, the next time out, I mean, she, she begged her coaches to play and, and she delivered. I mean, they lost the game four to three in extra innings, both of those games, of course, one of the extra innings, but a seven and a third, four strikeouts, two for three at the plate with the go ahead single in the eighth. Uh, it really was in, just an incredible story. I mean, obviously, it was an incredible matchup going into it, but knowing that after really makes you appreciate even more, like, not only her performance, but the fact that we all, all these girls that we've talked about just get to play the game of softball. That was obviously almost taken away from a girl like Lexi Duff. And to go out and just really just dominate all game. I mean, she got into that little bit of trouble there in the eighth and ultimately ended up costing her. But two great ball games. Uh, OCU took the first one, three to two and eight, and then of course USAO took game two, four to three and eight. Just an incredible story and an incredible day of softball in Chickasha. And just t Taylor, talk talk to talk to me, talk to us about being there, the environment. We talked about it uh, some last week, but it's the biggest rivalry in NAI softball, and the environment, even for a midweek game, was insane. Oh yeah, it was electric. Uh, both of those games. Uh, first game started at 4 p.m. local time here and 6 p.m. And you really wouldn't know that it was a it was 4 p.m. on a Tuesday because uh, it, it was packed. It was packed. And that second game, oh, my goodness. I mean, you had the USAO basketball team and the baseball team coming over from practice, um, giving choice words to the umpire and the opposing team. Just makes for a great atmosphere. <laughs> 
Um, but it was packed. It was packed. It was sold out. You could feel the intensity on every pitch. I actually texted you that um, in the middle of in the middle of game one. And Coach Wallace was right. Last week, she said, you know, you you see a hundred to two hundred to three hundred people there, and I mean, it was it was jam packed. It was a World Series atmosphere for sure, no question about it. It was it was really fun to watch. And I mean, like you said, two great matchups, both going into extra innings, one run ball games. I mean. It's clear clear to see. I mean, these are arguably the two top programs over the last five years of NAI softball, and I don't think uh, Coach Wallace or Coach McSpadden plan on changing that anytime soon, and certainly not the last time that these two will match up. We get to do it all again next week, right? Yep. Uh, next week it's going to be at Ann Lacey Stadium, the historic site and on the campus of Oklahoma City, and uh, I kind of expect the same exact thing here. I, I can't wait for that one as well. Um, but once again, I mean, just just one of the most electric atmospheres that you'll find throughout the country, really at any level of collegiate softball, um, especially the NAI. I mean, it was it was packed out. I mean, once again, just you really don't get these matchups in the middle of March, honestly. And uh, thankfully, we had nice weather here in the state uh, to enjoy it even more. And uh, it lived up to the billing for sure. And I know this next one will definitely do the same. Absolutely. I mean, how about the young pitching for USAO uh, in that doubleheader? Sophie Williams, Abby, Abby Gregory stepping up big time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in that second game, too, it was both teams kind of got the best of each other's uh, pitchers with a solo shot by Jaden Goucher and then Cameron Garvey to tie it up. But really after that, I mean, Gregory and Duff just, just settled in and started mowing down the competition. You really didn't see a lot of action until – until the eighth inning, until extra innings, obviously. And uh, USAO really just, I mean, momentum swings throughout in that second game. We saw Carly Mollett uh, rob what would have been the go-ahead homer uh, to send us into extra innings. And then, of course, Oklahoma City takes the league off of that momentum. And a young USAO team like Coach Wallace had mentioned uh, could have easily folded right there, um, just really a gut punch there late. And they responded, and they scored three runs, um, three runs in the top of the eighth to win it. Uh, this is a one-run ball game um, until the extra innings when we saw five of the combined seven runs uh, touch home plate. I mean, j- once again, it's 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 what you expected, uh, pitching duel throughout. It's going to be that every time these two teams match up. And like you said, two of the best programs in the country, if not the best. I mean, it's storied coaches, storied programs, and it's it's a must-watch every time those two teams match up. Absolutely. And, hey, like we said, Great pitching all the way around all week, all weekend. But it's tough. I mean, we have two perfect games to talk about. I mean, who who took the show? I mean, Cassie Valdez, Mason Shout. I mean, who do you want to start? Who's perfect game you want to break down first? Uh, Really, I mean, you saw Mason Slab again. I mean, she's the the reigning conference uh, pitcher of the year in 2022. And I mean, she's well on her way to possibly winning that award again. Uh, she won conference pitcher of the week this week with those eight innings and 14 strikeouts combined. But uh, the perfect game, once again, I believe that's her no-hitter and now the perfect game on her resume here to start 2023. I mean, she a, a sub a sub one ERA. I mean, what's not to like? She's one of the more underrated arms in the country. 
Yeah, we know in their, in the conference, it's kind of them and Indiana Tech right now. And the way Mason's throwing the ball right now, she ran into a little bit of trouble earlier in the year, earlier in the month. She really got, uh, messed up against, I believe it was Fairmont State, uh, that chased her in the fourth or fifth inning. But since then, her last two outings, uh, then again coming in for, uh, at the end against Cornerstone, she has been tremendous. However, when we said at the beginning of the year with the WAC conference, it, you and I both had a Madonna uh, winning the conference, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they were the, the popular pick. However, there's been another team that's kind of emerged. You know who I'm talking about, my man? I believe that's up there in Indiana, am I right? It is in Indiana with the Indiana Tech Warriors. Now, we'll get into their lineup. Well, we can go, we can go ahead and get, get into the lineup. They have a very, very, very strong lineup with not with seven players batting over 300 and led by Jordan Dipple batting over 500 with 15 RBIs and 11 stolen bases. And it's a solid lineup. I mean, the, the, the numbers right there, I mean, we, we have Carol Leaguer. She's batting almost 400. Same with Megan Barton and along with about four others uh, in that 300 to 370 range. But then... We look at the pitching with Indiana Tech. That's what we all were, were you and I, that's what we had the big question about with, with Indiana Tech. We knew the lineup was going to be solid. However, we didn't know about this freshman who has really gone under the radar. We talked about a lot about the young pitching in NAI softball. Savannah Bravo, she's got a sub-2 ERA and is currently 8-2 and two with a whip under 1. However, Taylor, something that we preach on so much. If you're going to go on these postseason runs, you got to have two arms. The day of the one power arm, as, as it's come and gone, love it or hate it. And they had not developed a second arm yet. However, just something that we, that I've noticed, and I'm, and to be honest, I had a friend tell me a little while, a while ago that, hey, there's this new arm they're going to try. And it turns out former outfielder Madison Miller, has come on very strong, shutting down opponents in her last two times out. Well, she gave up one run against a good Cleary team, but in her other two, she's done very, very solid. And now in four appearances, she has a .5 ERA two, with two shutouts to her name. If Indiana Tech develops Madison um, Miller as that second arm, and the way it's looking now, am I saying she's going to be able to sustain a .5 ERA all the way through conference play and through an opening round? No. However, what I am saying, if they, if Madison Miller does develop into a very good second arm and Savannah Bravo, the young pitcher for the Warriors, continues to develop, I mean, look, we know Indiana Tech is as one of the best uh, overall athletic in, in AI institutions. I mean, uh, baseball teams consistently top 25. Uh, basketball team is just runner-up, so we know they're able to get good athletes. It uh, shouldn't be any different for their softball team. I mean, if Madison Miller develops into that elite second arm, Taylor, I think the the, the there may be a new top dog in the whack. Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely making that that race close, I would say. I mean, and, and obviously, I mean, they're 24 and 4 as they sit now off this conference sweep. And uh, like we said at the beginning of the year, we kind of expected uh, Madonna to kind of take reign of that conference just with a uh, pitcher like Schlag returning. I mean, once again, conference pitcher of the year. How do you not like their chances coming into uh, the next season? But Indiana Tech with, with Morris and, and Bravo, I mean, like you said, if they, if they can develop Morris, and I think she's done a phenomenal job in her. 
in a few times out. If they can develop her, I mean, this is a team that could sneak into your opening round and really kind of come up and bite you if you haven't really done your your scouting, your due diligence on them uh, with Morris emerging as kind of that second arm now. Uh, Bravo, of course, has, has done what she's done, but uh, with Morris too, I mean, the Warriors look out. I mean, they're if if they can be a quiet twenty four and four, they have definitely done it. <laughs> they certainly certainly have. But uh, let's see. The next perfect game we got to talk about our great friend, uh, our great our great friends over uh, down in West San Antonio, led by Cassie Valdez. I mean, we talk about quiet performances. Cassie Valdez, another very strong performance on the mound, and Taylor, perfect game for Miss Valdez. Yeah, it's kind of becoming a recurring theme at this point with uh, with the pitchers that we talk about on a week-to-week basis. And Cassie Valdez is right up there with, you know, your Kira Bakers, your Annalise Woods, uh, Sophie Williams, uh, so on and so forth. Allie Valdez is Valdez is really, really just emerging as not only the, I would say, one of the best, if not the best pitcher in the RRAC, but one of the overall top players in the entire country. I mean, we... We spoke to her in the interview with um, her and Bruce Linton and, of course, uh, the mascot, Gus. But, uh, it it kind of shows you the, the kind of mindset that Valdez has, and it makes sense as to why she's dominated thus far. She's really, really worked at her craft and really used her past experiences at her former programs and used them well as stepped up as a leader on this Our Lady of the Lake team that's red, red hot right now and ranked number two in the country. You know, having won 17 games in a row, sitting at 26 and four on the year, it's 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 no fluke for sure. I mean, this is a this is a really good team, and Valdez spearheads that. Absolutely, and we just talked about two perfect games, and I would say neither one of them had, had the best weekend in the circle in the NAI. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, but, <laughs> that's, that's a crazy part. I, and I think that t- that title has to go to the strikeout queen right now, my friend, Allie. Puente, what a weekend she had. I mean, it's it's getting laughable at this point. Puente has, of course, been one of the top strikeout arms in the country over the past couple seasons, but this year she's really reined in on her command. Um, she is rolling right now, 26 Ks in 15 and two-thirds inning. Obviously, she got her NAI SP Pitcher of the Week for good reason. Yep. And Seven shutout innings with 11 Ks against uh, Menlo, and then coming back with seven shutout innings with one unearned run against a very good receiving votes Jessup squad who won the GSAC last year. Also got a save in the second game of both of those doubleheaders. Um, she really, really took command this week and came in out of the pen when her team needed it and just mowed down the opposing offense and secured two big-time wins and uh, gave them an undefeated week. And once again, like, like a lot of these teams, hope is rolling right now. And behind Puente, they're going to go a long way. She's 169 Ks in 99 and two-thirds innings right now. I mean, that's those are numbers that you you can't you can't just brush off. I mean, this is this is one of the best arms in the country, and we've been saying it all year. And now I think a lot of people are taking notice. I'm sorry, Taylor. You know, I hate getting on my phone while we record, but um, I. I... Do you want to confirm the next interview we're going to have on here real quick for the people? Nope, I don't either. But yeah, okay, all right. Um, sorry that that did just th- throw me off. I'm really excited about that, but we won't say anything. But yeah, Allie Puente once again. I mean, what is she? She's over 170 strikeouts on the year. I mean, she she just continues to be arguably the best pitcher in the NAI, and it's a heck of an argument. I mean, we we've 
said it plenty of times. Whoever's going to be that first, first, uh, the, whoever's going to be the first, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the names, uh, for first team All American this year, there's going to be a couple girls that, that will be unbelievably deserving for it. And there's going to be a lot of girls that are, that just won't get it. And <laughs> Alec Puente, I think right now, I think she's the second best pitcher in the country. I think that, that that's where I'd put her. Um, I think we know who number one is, uh, just, just pure numbers wise. And the fact that Kira Baker's 19 years old, there's your Kira Baker rant, uh, for, for the episode. However, Kira Baker gets her first big test this week, doesn't she? Yes, she does. Uh, tomorrow actually in the, uh, the, the game that we talked about last week previewing, of course, the, the weather didn't really Kind of threw a wrench in those plans, and um, we're going to see Kira Baker and the number four Baker Wildcats take on uh, Hart Conference foe Grandview, the 16th ranked team in the country, uh, tomorrow in the doubleheader. And let's see if let's see if Grandview can uh, can score a run on Kira Baker because not a lot of teams have done that this year. I mean, she we talked about it before we started recording here. Kira Baker lowered her ERA today to .09. In seventy-eight and a third innings pitched. I'm sorry, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad podcasting there. But like, I just I don't have anything else to say about her. Like at this point, like I mean, what what, what all? Can, like she is do. And you you talked about it, like we said we're young in this. To our listeners, I am talking directly to listeners and fans of NAI softball that have been fans for a while. If there has been a freshman off to this good of a start in her first, let's see, the Grandview, Grandview will be her 15th appearance, I believe, her 15th start. If there is anybody this good 15 starts in their career, please let us know. Like, like we're begging. We are begging y'all to try to give us something because we are, our, our minds are blown. I mean, these are, these, these numbers shouldn't happen at any, at any collegiate level by anybody, much less a freshman pitcher. Yeah, it's it's almost unheard of and it's gonna be it's gonna be a quite the race um to see who wins pitcher of the year at the end of this season with the, the numbers that Baker and Puente and Wood and Sophie Williams and the list goes on and on and on. I mean it's it's gonna be a tough, tough decision to make and I mean for me personally and I know for you as fans, we're just excited to see it all. Honestly, I mean, with the first years that we've been doing it, we get these crazy, uh, these crazy stat lines that we've been seeing. And, and Puente, Puente spearheads that right now. I mean, she's she's striking out much like Kira Baker. She's striking out at least ten batters a game in a seven inning ball game. It, it's crazy. I want and I don't want there to be something like a Hope International and Baker in the same opening round. I want it and I don't want it. Because I want both those teams to, to be, be in Columbus to play each other and have it face off there. But I need I need Kira Baker versus either Gwinnett to take on Annalise Wood. I and mean, we've already talked about this. But I want to, like, here's another thing that I don't think we're, we're fully realizing. This is what's going to be the standard, the bar of NAI pitching for the next Four years, or three years at least, because she's a freshman. Annalise is a sophomore. Mm. I tell you, the young pitching. We we could do 
we could do an hour-long episode just on pitchers that have multiple years of eligibility left. Because we could talk about Savannah Bravo down at Indiana Tech. We could talk at Taylor Thomas uh, down at Weber. Claire Seconder at Southeastern. Sophomore. And we could keep going on and on, but we're not going to do that. We are going We are going to move on. Um, let's see. What else do we have to recap, my friend? Oh, College of Idaho. Shout out Coach Al. Yeah, Coach Al uh, reached his uh, reached his 500 career win this week um, at College of Idaho, and one, once again, there. I mean, he's built a great program up there um, in Caldwell, and I mean, they're they're red hot right now too. Speaking of red hot teams, I mean, 28 and two on the season, 13 wins in a row. I mean, they they dominated Warner Pacific this weekend in the four game set, um, outscoring them 51 to six in four games. Three run rule wins at that, um, or excuse me, all four run rule wins. Uh, and they're spearheaded by Haley Lawford, of course, one of the best players in the country, uh, hitting 423 right now with 10 homers, 30 RBIs, also has stolen 19 bases. Uh, we're probably going to be talking about a possible 2020 season here um, if she keeps up this pace. And um, the, it's not just her either. I mean, Hattie Hurst is leading the team with a 470 average through 86 at-bats, eight doubles, six triples. And then in the circle, too, I mean, Caleb Williford, and Hannah McNerney. I mean, you want to talk about pitching duos. Uh, Wilford's got a 1-1 ERA right now. McNerney's not too far behind her with a with a 2.05, and um, they're I mean, they're 28 and two. That's about all you need to say right there. And they're a little underrated, I would say, right now, ranked at 12th in the country. And um, we're gonna see we're gonna see what they're made of this week. That's for sure. But um, with Wilford, McNerney, and then the the, the lineup of of Herza and Lawford and then Higgins. I mean, it, this this Yotes team. That we could be seeing them down in your neck of the woods come May. Them at 12 was the ranking. I'm not going to say made may me mad or anything. I mean, it's rankings in mid-March. So I'm not going to get mad about it. I'd say them not being in the top 10, other than Oakwood not being in the top 25, College of Idaho not being in the top 10 was probably the biggest surprising in the newest rankings. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Like I said, you know, they I mean, they haven't lost. I mean, they, they've been rolling. I mean, 13 in a row, and they're going to get into that, the thick of uh, Cascade Conference play um, come this month of April. I mean, they're going to have some loaded matchups, some of the best matchups that we'll see throughout the entire season here. And, I mean, once again, Wilford and McNerney, you know, they're really not getting the love that they deserve. Uh, as far as pitching duos go, because we've talked about a lot of great pitching duos and how you need multiple arms to make postseason runs. And right here, Wilford and McNerney, um, they're going to lead this team once again, Lawford and with the bat, and then Hattie Herzog and Higgins. I mean, this this Yotes team, Coach Al is uh, definitely going to have a lot more wins on the on the horizon after picking up his 500th career one. Oh, absolutely. And like, it, it really doesn't make sense. I mean, how is a team that's 20, or I guess at the time they were probably like, I don't know, 24 and two. And their two losses were two run losses to the number one team in the country. Yeah. I mean, that, it, that, that's a top 10. That's a top 10 team, period. Yeah. Easily. Uh, without a doubt. Not neither, not here or, or there. Um, uh, they have the, another huge test. I mean, their their first big test since lo- losing that series to Oregon Tech this week, or I guess today, uh, if people are listening, or maybe it's already happened by the time you're listening. But they take on an Eastern Oregon squad who has started to fall a little bit, and they're going to be looking to have a big series against College of Idaho, led by Ma- Maddie State Stadler. 
Does Eastern does Eastern Oregon take one from College of Idaho, Taylor? I think it's very very possible. I mean, we saw, I believe it was Eastern Oregon already take a couple from Oregon Tech um, earlier in the season. Obviously, they weren't ranked number one in the country then, but um, between College of Idaho and Eastern Oregon, I mean, Oregon Tech has five losses right now, and once again, two of those are to uh, to College of Idaho here and Eastern Oregon as well, and. This this matchup, aside from you know Southern Oregon um, being the top five team that they are in the Cascade, this very well could decide who possibly hosts an opening round and who doesn't. Uh, is this series right here tomorrow? And I think that Idaho. I think it's very very easy to. I wouldn't say look past Eastern Oregon because they are a top twenty five squad and have been one of the best teams in the country over the past few years, but. Uh, if if they don't bring their A game, this is Eastern Oregon could definitely take one, and they might take two. Um, should College of Idaho not be on their game? Yeah, I mean Eastern Oregon's got a great uh, lineup, a lot of good power, especially Hannah Tyree. However, the pitching, I think Eastern Oregon could take one. I think it could happen if Kaylee Hoskins just goes out there and shuts down this Yotes lineup. And they're able to get a couple pass uh, past them, maybe. Personally, though, I do think I do think College of Idaho will, will take both. Uh, I I think they'll take both. I, th- I think they'll take one relatively handily, and I think they'll win, win the other one close. I think this College of Idaho team is, has just been playing a little bit different. I mean, we we saw it against Warner Pacific. They saw that they weren't a top ten team, and. I think they may have taken that a little personal, and I think that will continue tomorrow against Eastern Oregon. Yeah, absolutely. I know one thing. I do not want to have to run into that lineup. I mean, it's one of the best lineups in the country up there in Idaho. And uh, behind Coach Al, I mean, once again, 500 wins is obviously no fluke. And he's clearly one of the best coaches that we have at our level. And like, like I, I agree with you there. I do think that they kind of – Took it out, took their frustration of not being a top ten team out on Warner Pacific this past weekend. And if if they can dominate these two games tomorrow against a really good Eastern Oregon squad, look out. I'll say this: I'd be more surprised for Eastern Oregon to win both than if College of, if you tell me College of Idaho just goes in there and makes another statement. I like I think that this is that's what will happen. I, I straight up think College of Idaho is about to make a massive. Statement. However, I, that's not the, the I don't, I'll say it, that's not the best games going on uh, this week in the Cascade Conference. No, uh, like we said, Eastern Oregon College of Idaho today. When you guys are listening to this, um, but Wednesday, Wednesday, March 29th, we we said Oklahoma City and USAO was matchup of the year. This this is giving a run for their money here. Uh, number one, Oregon. My midway. This, by the way, my midway player of the year is playing in this series. This FYI, number one Oregon Tech on Wednesday uh, takes on number five Southern Oregon um, in two in two Cascade Conference games on Wednesday. We get back to back days of just elite electric uh, conference matchups out with us. Um, Oregon Tech once again number one in the country uh, has won twelve in a row. Southern Oregon, Riley Donovan. Arguably the best hitter in the country right now, and has been for the past couple seasons. Um, this, this right here, this one is a must-watch in every sense of the word. It's top five matchup. We mentioned College Game Day for NAI softball. 
it would go out west, and we'd be waking up pretty early to preview it. Um, there is the sun still down out west, but this this right here, if you if you want World Series softball, that's all I got to say. This is going to be a World Series matchup in both games. Is that we'll see out in Oregon. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Southern Oregon has top two lineup in the country, and I don't think they're two. Uh, I, I alluded to it a minute ago. Right now at midway point, Riley Donovan is my hitter of the year. Um, I guess we say play, player of the year if you just want to do player and pitcher. Um, y'all know who the pitcher is, but I, I think Riley Donovan, the senior catcher, we said coming in she was the best catcher in NAI softball. I think she's elevated that. She's the best bat in NAI softball right now. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, she's got a, a average above 500 with with seven homers and has driven in 30 runs already. And, I mean, we're just talking about the end of March. We haven't even gotten into really the thick of conference play yet. I mean, there's there's still at least a month, a month and some change to go for a Southern Oregon team that has their eyes set on Columbus, as well as Oregon Tech here. I mean, this, these two teams, this is going to be a national championship atmosphere. Uh, obviously, this is not the uh, – the notch on their belt that they want at the end of the season. Um, but this is going to prepare them for it right here is, is Oregon Tech and Southern Oregon, number one and number five. I mean, what what else do we need to say? This is going to be electric. What time? Do you have the times that they play this week or on Wednesday? I, I'm not in front of me here, but um, I do know that Eastern Oregon College of Idaho uh, believe that it's 11 a.m. local time there out west. Um, but – Oregon Tech. It's uh, 2 and 4 p.m., uh, and I assume that's Western time. Or, yeah, or what? Yeah, what, Pacific time? Is that what it is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Real smart guy I am. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, it's going to be can't miss softball. Uh, so, Southern Oregon, Oregon Tech. You know, this is it's just one of those things where it's like, I wish we could get there. Oh my gosh! I mean, and we look at both these lineups. I mean, these are two two lineups averaging over 350. Their entire lineups are over 300 bat batting averages versus, and they both have good du- duos in the circle. Oh man! Oh boy! This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a fun, fun week. Uh, what about prediction wise on this? I think I, I think I, it it's a split. I, I think I think we're gonna have a more you, uh, Oklahoma City versus USAO uh, midweek. I think these will, but instead of them being four three, I think it'll be more like eight seven uh, ball games. But I think incredibly close, and they come, both of them will probably come down to who makes the better plays late. Yeah, it's really about like we mentioned in the the USAO Oklahoma City. It's really just kind of like you said, who made the plays late, who got the lucky breaks and the bounces, and who didn't. And this is what it's going to be, and it's really how it will be when every time that you see two top five teams go at it in the regular season. Like we said, two of the best lineups, two of the best duos in the country here. I'm torn, too. I think it's going to be a split. I really, if you wanted me to pick a, a winner of this two-game series, I really don't think I could do it, to be honest with you. I would actually have to flip a coin. Because these two teams, I mean, we're talking about, once again, we talked about Oklahoma City, USAO combining for three of the last six titles. Southern Oregon went back-to-back in that stretch, too. I mean, this is two of the best programs in the country. It's going to be a great venue out west, and I, I can't wait. I really can't. It's it's going to be awesome. I do lean – if you made me, if you said, Reagan, there's a sweep, who who you got, 
I'd probably lean Southern Oregon, but it ain't gonna be Southern Oregon winning seven to two and eight to one. It ain't going to be that. <laughs> it, ain't, it wouldn't be that. It, it'd be, it, yeah, it, it'd be clo- close games, which I think they will be. Speaking of what I think will be uh, big close games, I uh, kind of talked about it earlier, Kira Baker and Grandview. That's going to be, finally, we assume, finally, I feel like we, we've talked about Kira Baker and Baker taking on uh, taking on Grandview for like the last two, three episodes, but that one is officially slotted in for Tuesday, correct? That's yep. Okay. And we already t- talked about that one a good bit. Um I I want to give the prediction and say this is the game. In fact, I'll do it. I'll do it. This is the game Kira Baker gives up more than one earned run. Man, she if that's the case, she's horrible, right? I mean, oh, yeah. just just yeah. ballooning that ERA to point five, if if so. But no, I mean, this is gonna be I wouldn't I don't think it's going to be the best lineup she's faced this year, obviously, because she has, you know, obviously beaten USAO in a nine-inning ballgame in her first collegiate start. Yeah. yeah. But this is going to be right up there with it, man. I mean, Grandview, they're, by their standards, they're ranked low right now at 16. Um, but this is still a very, very formidable opponent. An opponent that I believe Baker is going to see down the road in the conference tournament, like, you know, your Central Methodists and all that. But right here, I mean, if you want to see Kira Baker go go up against the top team in the country tomorrow, one and three p.m. Central Time, look out because the Wildcats and Coach Goss are rolling. Hey, all y'all listen, y'all y'all have already been missing out on work time watching the March Madness tournament. So I mean, just let's just watch a midweek NAI softball, right? I mean, what's better than that? It's crazy. If you'd have told me, I don't know, five ten five. Five years ago, they'd be like, hey, you're going to watch like 10 times more NAIA softball than of the March Madness tournament. I Well, my first question would be, what is the NAIA? And then my next question would be, are you crazy? But here, here we are, right? And I wouldn't trade it for, for the world. Another big matchup, a team that has been underrated all year, and I don't think they're underrated anymore, Middle Georgia State. They don't play one. They don't play two. They play three ranked opponents. And his opponents are playing again. And opponents, they're trying to beat again. Yep. We got uh, number 13, Mill Georgia. Uh, in the conference rematch from last week uh, with William and Carey, I mean, we saw two great games last week, and I expect much of the same here. Uh, Middle Georgia, this stretch that I this week here, I mean, this is tough, you know, with with a really good William Carey team ranked 19th in the country, and then uh, the next day turning around and playing Mobile, who obviously was we all know about. This is going to be a really good stretch. And if Middle Georgia, like we talked about a, a few weeks earlier with Cumberland's and their tough tough week, if they can if they can split this week, uh, they're going to be primed for a very 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 good seed come postseason play. Um, but if Middle Georgia can come out and win this week. Take three, possibly four. It's a top ten team. Easy. No, I mean, talk about they take four. They're top five. I mean, they're they're top five, and I mean, we've talked about them before. But I mean, that duo of Madison Riggins and um, oh gosh, um, Beth Evans. That that duo at Middle Georgia. I mean, you put those up against anybody. We did. We put them up against who. I, I I had you had a top two three uh, duo in butts in golf and uh, 
good. I wouldn't say just blow your doors off lineup in Mobile, but a good lineup. They won that duel pretty easily. At least uh, Beth Eddins did when they. I believe it was it was Eddins when they won six nothing. Um, like not, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> look up once again. We've 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 talked about it. this Peach State man. Oof, Lord, it, it it's something, and if they go through this stretch, they'll be top five. They'll be top five in the new rankings, maybe. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you think about it; they already have the the win over George Gwinnett earlier in the season. Um, really, when we didn't think that they were going to be a top ten team, and they've I mean they've come out. If, once again, if they can win this week, if they can have a winning record this week, they're going to have one of the best resumes in the country. Ooh, that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Their resume be right up there with anybody's. Um, I know your friend, your 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 one of your teams that you you really uh got a liking to Northwestern. Uh, they they could say that. Uh, Baker's got a good resume. Cumberland, I'd probably say Cumberland's probably has the best resume right now. But yeah, Middle Georgia, if they go out and Hey, if things go now, if they go and they sweep, they have the best resume, period, and they should be the number one team in the country. I'll say that. They sweep this week. The middle Georgia Knights should be the number one team in NAI softball. Yeah, and, I mean, they're rolling right now, too. Uh, these are – when we talked about that 10 to Columbus, that 10 teams that we like to go to Columbus as of now, I mean, it was a tough decision. I know middle Georgia was right right up there with mine. I mean, it, it was tough. And like I said, I mean this with Eddins and Riggins, I mean this this Knights team, man, they're they're rolling right now. I mean, we talk about Gwinnett being the top dog in the state, and I still believe that they are, but that gap is shrinking and shrinking ever so slightly. I mean, Middle Georgia is giving a lot of really good teams all they can handle day in and day out. Yeah, I they have more they can handle, they're beating them. They're beating these teams. There's some of them pretty soundly. Um Okay, anything else you want to add? Or you know, I know this, I feel like this has been a little bit shorter than usual, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But um, is there anything else you wanted to add before we get uh, before we give our ten to Columbus? I yeah, feel- one more thing. Just a quick okay. shout uh, to staying in the Sooner State here, um, the Southwestern Christian Eagles, uh, a team that's really been a team that's really been at, at in the bottom of the Sooner Athletic Conference the past couple years, but. This this team's rolling. I mean, they're they're nineteen and five, seven and five in conference play, and have just won back to back series three games to one over Oklahoma Panhandle State on the road, a very formidable opponent, as well as sweeping Texas Wesleyan for the first time in school history. And this team, they match up against Oklahoma City tomorrow. Uh, more of the one of the more underrated ones is obviously Southwestern Christian isn't ranked right now, are receiving votes, but uh, a team that. Is kind of going to sneak up on people, I would say, in the Sooner. I mean, they're led by freshman Hannah Keough, who's hitting 405, 17 stolen bases, seven triples, uh, tops in the country right there. I mean, from a freshman, too. I mean, this team what was once maybe just an easy scratch-off win for a lot of teams in the Sooner. Uh, they're they're giving a lot of them a lot, a lot that they can handle a lot more than they normally do. And I think with, with the transfer from Cameron, the D2 school here, and Lauren Schaller, who's nine and one on the year, they got a really good arm. And this Eagles team, if you anything can happen in the conference tournament, we all know that. Um, and don't be surprised if uh, if they sneak up and oh, Southwestern Christian, huh? All right. Once again, nineteen and five, a winning record in conference play. If they take a few more of these uh, 
stacked conference series. I mean, this is a team that looks pretty primed to compete pretty well in the conference tournament come May. I 100% agree with you, and I'm really glad you brought them up because they reminded me about a team down here in my neck of the woods that I've co covered on Suncast that I have started to really start paying attention to, and it's about time everybody else does. So, St. Thomas Bobcats, they're starting to receive votes. They just gave the Southeastern Fire all they could handle, and they took one. They took one. They got one from, from the... I mean, the by far favorite to win the Sun Conference, well, them and Coastal, but one of the favorites to win the Sun Conference. Look, Coach J.C. Gutierrez has an incredible background with St. Thomas baseball. I mean, he played there. He helped lead them to be the runner-up uh, when they when they fell just short in 2019. Now he's taken over. Now in his second year, he has completely turned this Bobcat program around. Now, they have a couple of senior pitchers that aren't half bad, especially Abigail Smith, who we talk, we, look, we've talked about underrate, underrated pitching uh, a, a good bit, especially in this episode. But let's read off a little bit of Abigail Smith. Smith yeah, I'm sorry. Abigail Smith's numbers. She's 8-2 with a .65 ERA and 64 innings pitched. Now, she has quietly emerged as statistically – the best pitcher in the Sun Conference. And there are some really, really good arms uh, that, that we talk about. We talk about Hunter and Seconder at Southeastern, uh, Haley Dickerson, Bryce Peacock up at Coastal Georgia, uh, Madeline Morton at Warner, and Abigail Smith. I mean, she's making her case for Conference Pitcher of the Year. And, I mean, Caitlin Spalding, another really good arm that's consistently around that 2 ERA. I mean, in the way the Sun Conference is this year, I'm not saying it's crazy. The I would I would say the third best team right now in the Sun Conference are those St. Thomas Bobcats, and I'd be very very careful uh, to the rest of the conference and to whoever because this will be an opening round team. St. Thomas is doing well enough. They did well enough in their. Uh, non-conference schedule. They're doing well enough in the Sun Conference now. They still have to go play Coastal Georgia, but they make a little run in the Sun Conference. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, and y'all know. I mean, that's the conference I know better than any other conference. Wouldn't surprise me at all see see them give Southeastern a little bit more trouble in the conference tournament. Now, I'm I still think it is Coastal Georgia and Southeasterns to lose, but if they're going to lose it to anybody, it's that team in Miami Gardens led by Coach Gutierrez. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, we had that, that eighth inning walk-off single um, there on the Twitter here uh, this past weekend and really kind of made their mark, I would say, on as more of put the conference on notice. I mean, obviously, St. Thomas is a great program. They were receiving votes coming into that series, but a series that you kind of figured and expected Southeastern to, to really dominate. And even in those, those two wins that they had other than the last game, I mean, these are – Two or three really close ball games throughout. And once again, obviously St. Thomas stole that one on that walk-off single up the middle. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think St. Thomas is – I think they can definitely be right up there with second-best team in the Sun Conference. And it, it really wouldn't shock me or possibly any people at this point if we see a St. Thomas go on a run and win the conference tournament championship and clinch that opening round berth because they'll be in the opening round. It's yep. just a matter of will they be an automatic birth or an at-large. 
And like we said, they're led by two senior pitchers that aren't going to be intimidated by going anywhere and playing. So I think they're they're one of those teams that they're going to be a three seed somewhere, and it's going to give a two seed more than they can handle. And whoever hosts better be watching out for the Bobcats. Yeah, no question about it. All right, you ready to do our 10? Let's do it. Let's get into what most people probably skipped ahead to. Yeah, right. I would. I would have. Um, okay. Let's go ahead. So we talked about this beforehand. We'll go. We'll just start kind of at the top um, with with names that I know you have and that I have. We'll start with our two Sooner State teams, Oklahoma City, USAO. You have them, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And then things just got kind of got kind of get wild after that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. All right, my third team that I picked uh, were the Oregon Tech Owls. Uh, they're the number one team in the country. I think nothing changes. I think they'll be right back in Columbus last year. They return a lot. Um, they're playing the best softball in the NAI right now. However, they are in the toughest conference. They are in the best conference in NAI softball, and uh, it's going to be tough for them. But I think they'll be battle-tested, and I have them in Columbus. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, this this team is they're ranked number one for a reason, and we're going to find out a lot. This is going to be the battle testing that you alluded to, uh, like we mentioned this week. Uh, me personally, I had to I had to make a had to make a tough decision there. I actually did not have Oregon Tech in my uh, my ten to Columbus here. Uh, my third team, once again, like we mentioned, USA Oklahoma City. My third teams are Lady of the Lake. Our Lady of the Lake, I mean, really made a statement, put the country on notice, sweeping the back to back days four games against Oklahoma City and USAO at their place. And this team's 26-4 and four right now behind Valdez and Terreras and uh, Rebecca Nunn. And, I mean, Valdez, this this team is really, really, really good. And it's going to be a real shock if, if the Saints don't make Columbus. It would be a shock. Um, I don't have them at my three spot. Um, I have them down at six. But for all the same reasons you you said, um, I I think they're there. I think they get to Columbus. Um, now, of course, this is odds are of the ten teams on my list and the ten teams on yours, they're going to match up. Uh, it, like some combination of these teams will match up. Some of these teams are going to just run into a bus saw um, and not make it. But I feel th- those teams, those four. I'd probably say I'm pretty confident in. Now, you didn't pick Oregon Tech, um, and then that that's fine. I'd probably say, um, I, I mean, it's tough. But, yeah, I mean, USAO and, OK, U, USAO and OKC are honestly the only two on here where I would just be drop-dead shocked uh, if they didn't make it to Columbus. And it's just because of the parity this year. Um, I do think USAO and OKC are going to be there. Um, outside out these next eight, but I, I'm pretty confident. You know what? No, I am confident. These ten teams I have on this paper, these will be the ten teams in Columbus. I will speak that into existence, or speak it into none of them make it, and I look like an idiot. Who knows? We'll see. Um, anyways, let, let's keep 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 the line moving. Number four, uh, my number four seed heading to Columbus. Um, I got the Cumberland Patriots. Look, they got a trio of pitching that is spectacular. Uh, like like I said uh, earlier, uh, you you agree. Right now, they have the best resume in NAI softball, and I got them at the four spot. 
Yeah, I do think uh, they have the best resume as well. It's one of the reasons why I have this team in Columbus on my list too. And once again, I mean, they're 26-2 and two with the best resume in the country. Dominated Freed Hardman last week. Dominated Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, this this Cumberland's team with that trio of Radford, White, and Burgess, I'm in the lineup of Sickow and Emily Bryant and Bailey Turnbow. I mean, this Cumberland's Patriots are, I mean, they're ranked third in the country right now for very good reason. And it's going to be a, a huge shock to me personally if they fall out of the top five, much even the top ten. I don't foresee them even falling close to ten. Uh, for the rest of this season. And I think as long as, I mean, as long as you have a a Radford, a White, and a Burgess, you can go a long way. And I think, I think those three are going to spearhead this, this Patriots team to Columbus. It's one of the main, many reasons why I have them as one of my higher seats. Absolutely. Um, you want to just keep you, you you just keep going through this or do you want to, uh, I guess let's keep going through it. Uh, were they your, your four seed, or did you have a different team at four? Cumberland's actually Cumberland, – I actually have Cumberland's as my six. And uh, my four uh, right now is a team that we are both really high on. That's the Baker Wildcats. Um, I, I think Baker – behind Kira Baker, of course, she's going to take them a long, long way. And it's not just Kira Baker, too. I mean, uh, Skylar Gorla and Michaela Aiken, the, the, the fifth-year seniors that came back for runs like this, for seasons like this. I mean, this this team, it, they have the best pitcher in the country, yes, but it's not just her in the circle. There it is. You hit the nail on the head right there. So I'm going to talk about with Coach Goss. Now, look, I'm sure people get tired of us talking about Kira Baker. Um, unfortunately, bad news for y'all, that's probably not going to stop. But it's not just her. It's not just the Kira Baker show. This is an extremely good lineup with other good pitching led by a great softball mind. That's good. That that'll work. That that'll play, and that will lead you there. I do not have them uh, that high. I have them at seven, but yes, I do ha- have them in in Columbus. Uh, rounding out the top five team, we've talked a lot about this episode. Team we're really high on, um, and a team I'm always down for, for a good Yotes ma- mascot. I don't know why Coyote is an under is an underrated mascot, and college the Yotes of College of Idaho. I think they'll be in Columbus. I have them at my five speed. We've talked a lot about them. Don't need to go into a ton of de- more details. But yeah, that's that, that's my five seed right now. Yeah, I agree. My my five seed is actually in the same conference too. I also have College of Idaho going uh, in my list here. Um, but another team out of the same conference that I have, the Southern Oregon, a team that we mentioned earlier. We're going to see in the matchup matchup of the week for sure to, um, here on Wednesday against number one, Oregon Tech. But Southern Oregon, I mean, back-to-back national titles in that stretch of, of, of three of six with Oklahoma City and USA. It's one of the perennial powers every single year, led by Riley Donovan. I mean, we, we said it in the preview. She very well could be the Jocelyn Olive of NAI softball. It's put together one of the great, great careers at our level. And, I mean, she's doing it yet again and even more this year. I think Southern Oregon – is, is hungry again. I, I, I think that uh, not getting that red banner last year is really going to give them an, even more motivation uh, to go out and try to dominate the arguably the best conference in the country. And I, it's going to be a real shock if I don't see Southern Oregon and Columbus. I don't have Southern Oregon and Columbus. Um, they are my number 11 team. They were my first team out. Um I don't want to give any spoilers to my 10 seed, 
but I think it's pretty easy where you, you could poke holes in my argument for my 10 seed and put Southern Oregon at 10. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, even though I don't have them here, it would honestly probably surprise me still. Like being like, oh my gosh, they didn't make it. it it's just there's only 10 teams and, uh, there's only, there's, there's only, there's only so much room on the paper. Um, I do think it's tough, man. And we'll talk, I'll talk more about Southern Oregon when we get to, uh, my 10 seed. But yeah, they're, they're extremely good. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, we, we've, we, we talked about them. Uh, I, like I said, Riley Donovan's my hitter of the year, uh, right now. But yeah, I don't have them in, but they are that 10A spot right now. Unfortunately, there is no 10A spot in Columbus. Uh, number six, my sixth seed. We already talked about them. I had Our Lady of the Lake. Yeah. And once again, um, I mean, Our Lady of the Lakes, they're second team, second ranked team in the country. I mean, this, Arguably the best team in the country right now. I mean, nothing else really needs to be said about them. We talked about my six and my seven seed, actually, in Cumberland College, Idaho, already. Um, so my eighth team that I have written down here is, uh, is George Gwinnett. And, uh, That's perfect. Led by, That's perfect. Led by, Kat, led by Kat Eilenberg and our girl Annalise Wood. <laughs> I mean, this. Let's go. If you have uh, just one thing, if you have Annalise Wood on the mound, you like your chances against any lineup in the country. And it, obviously, it's not just her. Uh, with Alexa Good, and then Sydney Palaya's uh, 1-800-CALL-PALAYA's, right? Uh, yeah. She's hitting over 500, too, about sneaking up on that RBI race right now, uh, the, the fifth-year senior at catcher. I mean, she's a true leader in every sense of the word. And uh, with a, once again, with a coach like Coach Cat, I mean, they're going to be ready. They're, they're not going to take any opponent lightly. And I think GGC is hungry, and I think that they will get back to Columbus. Sorry, I had to get that yawn out. Um, yeah, my seven seed was Baker. I already talked about him and perfect. And so this is happening. I mean, book it now. The eight seed in Columbus will be Georgia Burnett. Um, that's who I have as well. I had them right there. So great minds think alike. Uh, for my nine seed, didn't have to go too far. Stayed in the Peach State. Give me middle Georgia. <laughs> Give me middle Georgia, dude. I mean, this run that they've gone on, we talked about them, uh, earlier in the episode too, but the run they've gone on and the duo, uh, that we talked about earlier. Uh, Middle Georgia will be in Columbus. I have them at a nine seed, but I'm as confident in saying Middle Georgia will be there as I am saying USAO will be there, and that is the truth, baby. Yeah, I agree, and I think this week is really gonna really gonna show once again um, not if they're for real because I think that they are for real, but solidify themselves on the the national scene. Um, my number nine team is actually. Bit of a toss-up here. These 9 and 10, really tough. You mentioned, you know, 10A with Southern Oregon and all that. But my my ninth, ninth team to Columbus, once again in the Sooner State, team I'm really high on, that's Oklahoma Wesleyan. I think, I think Oklahoma Wesleyan, obviously, I think they should be ranked right now. It's it's kind of a crime that they're not in the top yeah. 25. Ready? 23 and 5 on the year. Maddie Weiss in her sophomore season, the KCAC freshman of the year last year. Punched out 12 in her last start, as well as Salem Weidenthal, who's who's up there with in the strikeout race right now and the RBI race, one of the best uh, two-way players in the country. And it's not just those two. I mean, Lindy Alexander's one of the best hitters in the country and was the conference player of the year last year in a really tough KCAC. In a few weeks here, we're going to get a really, really good matchup with, with them and um, what's kind of been top dog the last few years in Ottawa. And I, I think that's going to battle test uh, the Eagles here. And I think Oakwoo, 
I think Oakwood is going to surprise a lot of people down the stretch here. I, I do think that they will be in Georgia. I like that. I mean, hey, bold, bold take, venturing outside the top 25 now. We talk about outside the top 25. They're literally ranked 26. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, still, I mean, hey. And then they, and like you said, they should be. I mean, they, they in my opinion, they're a top 20 team. Um, I mean, they at 20. It, it's just one of those things. It's like they got a hundred votes, and they're not 20. They're not in the top 25. It is what it is. They will be um, very, very soon, unless the the wheels fall off the bus for the Eagles. I don't have them. Um, I thought about them for a little bit, but not really. Um, I don't want to say I'd be surprised to see them in Columbus, but like. If they were if they were to go to like a Cumberlands and beat Cumberlands, I'd be pretty surprised by that. Yeah, I agree. It really is like this list here. I mean, it's preliminary, obviously, but right. it's really just all about. It's going to come down. To, I mean, a few of these teams are going to match up in the same opening round. It's going to be it's going to be tough. I mean, that's just how the postseason goes. I mean, you you have to beat some of these teams at some point whether that be in Columbus or in the opening round. I mean, we saw a team like Eastern Oregon come out to Oklahoma City's opening round last year, a team that was really good at that as well, and uh, obviously ran into the eventual national champs. But if if a team like Oakwoo uh, doesn't have to go to, say, uh, say an Our Lady of the Lake or uh, Cumberlands, I mean, they – I, I like their chances in a lot, a lot of opening rounds with, with the pitching duo of Weiss and Leidenthal. Yeah, ab- absolutely. All right, let's round this thing out. The 10th seed. Give me the Southeastern Fire. You knew I was going to do it. You knew I was going to do it. Taylor Thomas, you knew I would do it. I don't care what they look like earlier in the year. It's a different team. Claire Seconder has gotten through her sophomore slump. Autumn Hunter is killing it in the circle. The lineup is back. They will be in Columbus. I fully believe it. I fully believe the Southeastern Fire and I will be there. I think Coach Kayla Watkins is going to get them right, and they're going to be there. And if they're not, it's going to be Southern Oregon. I think that's a great pick. And, I mean, 10 here. Like you said, nine and ten are tough because there's. Oh, it's easy to do the first five or six. You're, you're splitting first one. You're splitting hairs at the back half here. I mean, you're talking about one, two, maybe three runs of a difference. Um, but my ten seed is going to be probably the biggest surprise that we've had here. That's the Northwestern Red Raiders out of Iowa in the GPAP. twenty-seven and two on the year. Um, they have the win over Indiana Wesleyan, number two at the time. And this team, like many teams up north, kind of overlooked. But you can't overlook them right now. I mean, they have one of the best resumes in the country, led by Cameron Essington, who's one of the best pitchers in the country. And it's it's not just the pitching and the defense. I mean, this offense, um, Glenn McKelson is hitting 506 right now in 85 at bats, uh, leading them in homers and driven in 32 runs. I mean, and then Emily Strasser hitting 398, Ashton Billings hitting 397. I mean, you're talking about plus 350 hitters here, one through nine. Even Essington can swing it a little bit. And let's, she spearheads that staff, but it's not just her either. I mean, this this Northwestern team, as you know, I've been high on them for a, about a month now. And yeah, you have. they're really starting 
really yep. starting to make waves nationally. Ellie Jacobson, too, has a 1-3-4 ERA. That's the same with a 1-5-7. Even Kate Crowley, too, with a 1-1-4, um, despite only throwing 49 innings. Uh, this team, man, they, you talk about a three-headed duo. They've got it, and I think they're the most underrated team in the country right now. I completely agree with that. Um, I don't know how they've flown under the radar for this long, but they certainly have. Um, and, yeah, they're what, – what are they now, 17, 18? Yeah, 17 from the country. Yeah, they, they're, there's not 16 teams better than Northwestern right now. But I would not I, – once again, I w- would not want to make top 25 rankings. It would be impossible. Like I, I, I would quit. I, I would just say no, no, no thank you. I don't want it. I don't want to do it. So shout out to the coaches to do that. Um, I also just realized if I did just fill out the perfect bracket, the first game would be Southeastern versus Baker. That would be the 7-10 matchup. I mean, you're getting all good matchups when you're in the World oh, Series, yeah. even in opening round, too. Uh, but once again, I mean, these 10 teams right here, we could miss on all 10, honestly, with the way it's gone this year. Probably, the probably will. And, I mean, Coach Wallace alluded to that parody last week on the on the interview. Um, but it's really, like, it's truly anyone's game this year. It really is. I mean, this next month down the stretch, it's going to be real fun to watch. We're going to have a lot of shuffling going around in, in the top teams in each conference and the top 25 polls. I mean, this is going to be it's going to be a real fun finish to what's already been an extremely exciting year. Yeah, and of course, no disrespect to you know Indiana Wesleyan, Texarkana, Mobile, um, other teams that that are right there. I mean, at the end of the day, we had to pick ten teams, and we didn't. We just want to pick the top ten. Um, and gosh, I mean, they're, they're at Grandview. They're another Campbell's. If Campbellsville, if Campbellville, Campbellsville, uh, if their pitching gets back a hundred hundred percent, how their how their pitching uh, has been at times. Truett McConnell could come up, come up and shock everybody. Um, Central Methodist, Ottawa, William Carey. These are just our ten. Please don't be mad at us or do. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're we're big we're big boys. We we, we can take it. Um, Taylor, you know, I took a little bit bit of hate this weekend from uh from fans, but you know, we don't we don't need to talk about all that. Um, yeah. So just a quick recap. My ten. Oklahoma City, USAO, Oregon Tech, Cumberlands, College of Idaho, that's the top five, Our Lady of the Lake, Baker, Georgia Gwinnett, Middle Georgia, and Southeastern. Taylor, yours? Yeah, my 10, once again, uh, USAO, Oklahoma City, Our Lady of the Lake, Baker, Southern Oregon, the Cumberlands Patriots, College of Idaho, Georgia Gwinnett, Oklahoma Wesleyan, and Northwestern College. Not bad at all. It's kind of funny. One of our bottom picks, you took an Oklahoma team and I took a Florida team, of course. But, (laughs) oh, you got to love it. You got to love it. Well, Taylor, my friend, uh, you got anything else you want to add or you ready to wrap this thing up? The same message I give every week. Just stay tuned tuned on Twitter. Uh, Stay tuned for all the updates, and we're going to have, once again, the, the live links to games coming out. Great, great slate again this week. Uh, really, really encourage everyone to, to watch as much as they can. Like you said, not getting a lot of work done watching March Madness. I mean, might as well add in any ice softball to it, right? Right. Um, real quick, again, we are just so thankful. Uh, T- Taylor and I are just so thankful for the support um, that, that we've received since starting this. 
we we were talking about we talked about it about it a lot, but we talked about it again uh, yesterday. We thought our, a success for us would would have been a thousand followers by the time we got to Columbus. Total, like a thousand. If we would have got, if we would have had a thousand followers on our social medias, we'd be hyped. Like by by the time we got to Columbus, we would have been like that, that. Like that was our goal, right? I mean, to have a thousand on Twitter by Columbus, and we're past that now. Um, and we couldn't do it without y'all. So really appreciate y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, I mean, excited to bring to bring the coverage to the, the sport of international softball that it's greatly deserved over the last five, ten years now. I mean, this once again, we're shaping up for an incredible finish, and I can't wait. It's going to be epic. Cannot wait. Um, yeah. Hey, y'all know y'all know the stakes this week. We have got great top ten, top five matchups. And NAI softball, top 25 matchups all before the weekend even starts. So, hey, like Taylor said, you're already missing work for March Madness. Might as well miss it to watch some NAI softball. Thank all of you for tuning in, and y'all have a wonderful week.